The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to another episode of Sharp Lesson Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. It's Friday, Nate. Picks Friday time. We got all the picks for college football, NFL. We got some teasers to throw out there, some weather reports to look at. It's our favorite day of the week. It is, and maybe not the most exciting day. I know on Monday we suggested for this weekend maybe spend time with family and friends and take a week off if you want to watch football, but you can always bet on the games and not pay attention and check your phone uh, periodically throughout the day and hope they win. And I think we have some bets like that um, as I actually want to give out a money line underdog parlay for college football at the end because the college football options are limited and we'll definitely have a brunch time winner on the show. So not going to tweet it out Sunday because going to give it out on the show. So make sure to listen to the end of the show for that early Sunday uh, NFL bet that hopefully will be decided uh, around half to will be decided around halftime hopefully it makes it to the first half because it's an under in one of the early nfl games he's the professor nate jacobson i'm ben wittenstein you can find us on twitter and you can find the show on twitter at stadium bets we'll be posting our best bets video after every single show that we do monday wednesday and friday so you could follow our best bets today after we uh, post the episode on uh, hopefully a late morning on Friday. Nate, as we look back just quickly, uh, I do want to say NBA best bets off to a good start. The Bulls covered in the most ridiculous way possible on Wednesday. They covered that minus five after a shot right at the buzzer went in for the Pistons to bring them within four at the end of the game. They called it off and it helped the Bulls cover that minus five. So want to know on the NBA best bets by the, uh, by the skin of my teeth, so hopefully I'll be giving out a couple more that work and, and aren't so much of a sweat. And on Thursday night football, uh, what looked like it could have potentially been a blowout for the Cleveland Browns ended up being closer than I think a lot of people thought, especially in that first half. Uh, it was a three-point game, and as you were talking to me before this podcast recording, it shows the importance of hitting a number early if you really believe in that number, especially when it's around three and three and a half. Yeah, if you bet the Broncos before Baker Mayfield was officially rolled out last night, you would have won. And if you waited until after, you simply would have lost because that number closed Browns minus one and a half. It was three and a half for the Browns before the Mayfield news It actually got to three in some places right before the news. So there's probably a hint that that announcement was coming. But I think it's just the important of. If you like a side, make sure to get the best number, and if it gets away from you, maybe pass the game. And that was a perfect example, especially in a game with a low total where you knew points were going to be hard to come by. Every point counts, and and that manifested last night, and it just shows the importance of betting the right number. And if you, I know a lot of people on Twitter, they bet the Broncos early in the week, they bet the Browns at post, and they won both bets. So there was a great opportunity to the middle, and I'm sure the sports books took it on the chin, just like they did last Sunday with a lot of NFL <laughs> favorites covering. And getting middled on a game like that is definitely brutal because you have the sharp side on the Broncos early in the week, 
And then a lot of people probably bet the Brown Browns at less than a field goal and it lands on three. So that was the pro- most likely the worst case scenario. We'll have to see what they say in the, uh, in the reports today. But uh, I think that was a good example last night of making sure to get the best of the number. Because when we were previewing this game, this line was on the move. It was Broncos plus three, and then the Mayfield news came down, and then it dipped under three. So that, that's the big takeaway from last night's game. Between the Broncos and the Browns, as the Browns moved to four and three, and now they have a nice long rest before the Steelers come to town and they try to right the ship on their season. So as we take a look at some of the weather reports. The weather outside is weather. Around the country, because that's going to be impacting some of these games. Nate, what what are you looking at specifically? Weather in San Francisco is supposed to be interesting. Yeah, so Saturday, college football. I mean, it's it's cold around the country, not too crazy. I know there's a game you're going to talk about later, Ben, between Notre Dame and USC, where at kickoff, the weather is going to be in the 40s, which could impact a team like USC who plays in Southern California. They probably haven't been in the cold climate in a very long time. But I think the big thing in the NFL, and it's pretty well known now and reflected into the line where there was some over money early in the week and then some under money as the weather report in Santa Clara for Sunday night football between the Colts and the 49ers looked worse. We're getting rain all day, wind gust up to 40 miles per hour at game time. It's a 520 local kickoff. Obviously, with wind, things can change even with rain, but that's kind of a game where I would just stay away from before the game, maybe watch the game, and that's actually a game I'd say worth watching if you want to bet it and um, try to figure out if there's some sort of angle and with the weather and also just confirming that Jimmy Garoppolo is starting for the 49ers. I guess if you like the Colts and the under, maybe you bet it now and hope the weather stays poor and it's a sloppy, low-scoring game where the underdog has a chance to definitely cover the spread, if not win. Uh, but that's the big note, if you haven't heard. Santa Clara, California, Sunday is going to be, looks like, miserable if it does rain and we have wind yeah. gusts up to 40 miles per hour. Yeah, definitely important to look at some of these weather reports as you get closer to the day of the game, just in case. You know, we're not. it doesn't seem like we're going to get any snow this weekend, but wind and and colder temperatures are certainly going to be a factor in some of these games. So if you're feeling an over-under, not really sure which way to lean, check the weather report. Maybe that'll give you an extra option to see uh, which way to lean. Yeah, like it's going to be upper 40s, low 50s in Green Bay. And honestly, for that time of year, that's kind of balmy. That's that's beach season in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, so don't uh, don't overrate like weather where it's like kind of chilly, but the wind's not bad. And if the wind's OK, then then you could play the game kind of in a neutral state, I guess, because I don't think there'll be much effect on the, the passing game um, in that situation. So let's take a look at some of these games, Nate. Let's let's dive in. We'll start with college football. Uh Slate is a little better than I think we expect, or at least a little bit more fun than we expected. I, I think a lot of the games we looked at to start the week, and it was kind of hit or miss with some of these games. It's certainly not the excitement level that we saw last weekend, but I think we can find a couple games here and there where we're, we're feeling confident. I'll start with one of my best bets of the weekend, and I put it in the article for WatchStadium.com if you're interested in reading all about that. We have all of our picks for that roundtable at WatchStadium.com. But Clemson plus three and a half, and... I explained it a bit in the article, but this is a rarity where you're getting Clemson as an underdog in ACC play for the first time in a little over half a decade. Um, they're plus three and a half against Pitt. I, I, and again, I'll, I'll explain it this way, where 
you, I think you're getting them at good value, especially a little over a field goal underdog. Um, they're a team whose losses, I think, looking back, are a little bit better than people probably are expecting them to be with the loss against Georgia, who is undeniably the best team in the country. And they got taken into double overtime by North Carolina State, who, you know, I know you're not super high North Carolina State, but I think they're a pretty solid team, Nate. And to go to double overtime against them on the road, it, that's not a bad loss. It's not great, but it's not a terrible loss that makes them look bad. And they've been winning their games. They haven't been blowing teams out. I think that's been a big issue in perception for them is no blowouts. And they haven't been covering spreads. So you put all that together and they don't look like a great team. But, Nate, big but, you're getting them as an underdog. And I think plus three and a half against Pitt, where I expect the under to also hit. Again, that's going to be a, a bet for me. It's not a best bet, but I like under 48 for the Clemson-Pitt game. I'm expecting an under. I'm expecting a very defensive-heavy game. I know Pitt's air attack is really good, but Clemson's defense is still really solid. I like Clemson plus 3.5. Yeah, and if you like Clemson, the game, I think the under makes a lot of sense. In the article, I actually wrote about this game as a game I'm tempted to take, but I won't or shouldn't, and it's Clemson plus the point. So I'll be rooting for you, Ben, for podcast purposes and the best bet and in your wallet, but for me – I just am worried that these Clemson offensive problems are unfixable. And I know they're an underdog right now, the first time since 2016 when Deshaun Watson faced Lamar Jackson and Louisville in a, in a classic game five years ago in the regular season. But I just am worried that if Pittsburgh gets out to an early lead and I expect they'll have a very raucous home crowd and they'll maybe have a little bit of an edge early on, that Clemson just doesn't have the offense to come back, which is crazy to say because DJ Ungalunga Lele is a nice. good quarterback, or was supposed to be a good quarterback, or Uyunga Lele. I think there you go. I, I think either one, right? Yeah, I, I just just I remember in the preseason preview in August when we were talking about Clemson we're learning to how to pronounce his name. His name. <laughs> Haven't had to pronounce his name much because they're just no. not scoring enough to cover these numbers. I know their defense is good. I think if they win, it's going to have to be because of their defense, which is why the under does make a little bit of sense to me if you like the Clemson side. And one thing I will say that kind of I, I'm not going to say like I, I endorse this bet, but enough I understand why it's your best bet is Dabo Sweeney is a good motivator, great recruiter. He knows what the spread is. He's going to tell his players they're an underdog. I think that's going to maybe spark that team. And if it really does, if it doesn't, then there's some real issues at Clemson. But yeah. as you mentioned in your article, this is buying the lowest on a premier program in Clemson, a team that recruits at the highest level in college football, a team that has dominated this conference. This is like buying the dip on a premier stock, and, and that's Clemson, the stock. Uh, the preseason line in the summer when the some of the sports books come out with their game of the year line was Clemson minus 17 and a half. So we have like a 21 point difference between Jeez. the summer and now. I get why it, it's warranted because Clemson isn't covering numbers and not scoring nearly enough. But, yeah, this is a good buy low spot if you still have some faith in this Clemson Tigers team. Yep. So Clemson plus three and a half is the best bet. I like the under 48. Also, and then my final best bet for college football, Nate, Notre Dame, USC, under 58. We talked about the weather to start this podcast. It's going to be a chilly 48, 49 degrees, six, seven mile an hour winds. Um, you know, I don't want to put the whole bet on the weather, but it certainly helps when it's chilly like that. And you have a team from Southern California coming in. But again, it's just two teams whose offenses I don't trust. 
I don't trust Jack Cohen to come out and sling it everywhere. Um, I don't trust him to really lead an offense consistently down the field. And on the other side for USC, I don't trust their offense as well. And Notre Dame's defense is really good. USC's defense is, is hit or miss on some things. They have some really good metrics here and there. But again, this is, this is a game where I can see it being, you know, like a 2017 type of game, a 24 21 type of game. I don't, I don't see it getting to 60 plus points. Um, and the other stat that I found, and I put it in the article as well, is when both of these teams have totals between 55 and a half and 61 and a half, all three times combined, they've gone under, um, this season. So, when the total is, is higher than 55, they usually go under with these teams. So I like the under 58 in USC, Notre Dame. That is my second college football best bet. All right. I don't think I'll have a best bet for college football. or I, I'll say I won't, but I end up might betting a little bit more on this team if the line moves in my favor, and that's the Iowa State Cyclones. It's minus seven across the board right now. I've been waiting all week to see if you can get under a – under a touchdown, going to wait till game day. Hope the public comes in, seeing that Oklahoma State, number eight overall, six and zero, thinking that they're getting a lot of disrespect because they're the underdog. And maybe you can make the case they're being disrespected, but I think that this Oklahoma State team is a bit of a bit of a fraud at six and zero. Had Texas last week. They're down. Oklahoma State is seventeen to three. Texas throws the pick six. We've talked about this game. Don't need to rehash that. But I just think the Oklahoma State's their body of work not very impressive. A lot of close wins against unimpressive teams, and they beat a lot of teams I think are overvalued themselves. So I think this is a good spot for Iowa State at home with Oklahoma State second straight road game. Matt Campbell's usually Matt Campbell teams usually take a while to get going. I think this is a good time for them to have their best effort. They still have a chance to make the Big 12 title game, so like their chances to win a lot. And because of Oklahoma State's offensive limit, limitations, I liked Iowa State if they can get ahead to put this game away and make a statement. I'll take Iowa State, minus seven, going to wait for six and a half or better. If it was six and a half, it'd be a best bet. So seven would just kind of be a just a tier below. So it's not going to make the best bet video that we post on Twitter. But Iowa State, my favorite side in college football for week eight. I like it. Uh, two more bets that I'll make um, in college football, not best bets. But I like NC State. I like them a lot more at minus three. They're minus three and a half right now. Um, so maybe I don't know if waiting is the right move here. I don't think we're going to see a ton of money come in on Miami at this point just because they're without their quarterback, Derek King. They just look like a team that's in disarray. I don't even know if they believe in themselves anymore in terms of a team that could win games. They are playing at home, so that, I don't know, Nate, that might have people start betting on them as we get towards kickoff. But I don't really see this line moving back to minus three. So NC State minus three and a half is a bet. It's not a best bet for me. I think if it was a minus three, it would be a best bet. But I just, I think NC State's in a good spot here. I know they've been up and down all season long, but I think especially the physicality that they play with, I think is just going to overwhelm a Miami team that just seems to be down in the dumps, feeling sorry for themselves, a lot of injuries. I think it's, I think it's a good spot for NC State. Um, and finally, UCLA. We're finally getting back on the UCLA train, Nate. Their money line against Oregon. Not a best bet for me, but I do like UCLA. I'm going to bet their money line. I, I just think their rushing attack is going to give that Oregon run defense fits all day long, and, and this is a run-heavy UCLA team, and I just think they're going to run up and down on Oregon and and, a, and not a very good Oregon run defense. So give me that UCLA money line. I think right now you can get it at, like, minus 120, minus 125. So it's a pretty good spot to hit the Bruins. 
with you with UNC or, or NC State, pardon me, I think that you could actually wait a little bit, and I think some money will come in on Miami at plus three and a half, especially since Miami open as a favorite. So the early money was on NC State. I can see some buyback, so I would be patient actually for that game. UCLA, I agree with. I'll probably at least a small bet on them. Um, it, it did go down, as you mentioned. Uh, yeah, before the show, we were talking, and you mentioned how it went from like two, two and a half to one. Not surprised, it's kind of stayed in that range with UCLA as a favorite, but no more than a three point favorite. So, at a short number where you basically just have to win the game, I'll take UCLA. Uh, the second college football bet I like, not best bet, but that I guess I'll have the most amount of money on. Uh, second behind Iowa State, the under in Northwestern Michigan, under 51. It's a big spread game, so the odds suggest that Michigan's defense will probably hold Northwestern's below average offense in check. The reason I like this is Michigan has a big game on deck against Michigan State, so I expect a very conservative offensive game plan. Don't put too much on tapes. Get out of this game healthy. Get ready for some bigger games ahead, starting with Michigan State. So I can see Michigan just running the ball late in the game milk and clock getting in and out i would love if this game took like less than three hours because that means it probably is low scoring so under 51 northwestern michigan and i also have some bets in college football in the attractive underdog se- uh, section that i'm creating a three-team parlay with so we'll get to that at the end of the show all right let's move on to the nfl then um and this is a this is a bit of a light week for the nfl for me personally nate i know you have a couple of best bets which is perfect because you got us covered in the nfl best bets category i got us covered in the college football best bets so we'll let, let's start with you because you have a couple of bets for the nfl what, what are you looking at in terms of your, your favorite bets for the nfl this weekend so my it's an nfc east theme and only one of them is going to be a best bet uh, the Eagles plus three against the Las Vegas Raiders. Eagles off a long layoff that they played last Thursday, so they're able to get extra rest and healthy. I also think this is a good matchup for Jalen Hurts. I know he's not the best reality quarterback, uh, maybe a better fantasy quarterback, but I think in this matchup against a, a Raiders defense that's not very good, very banged up in the secondary themselves, he'll have some advantage. And then the Eagles defensive line against the Raiders offensive line is a matchup I think Philly will have a big edge in. Also, situationally, the Raiders coming off that big win last week after John Gruden's resignation. I think it's just a one-week bump for the team where they were really focused. They really wanted to win the game to show that they still have a place in this league or, like, the coach wasn't the – like, the players weren't at fault for the coach's downfall, even though that downfall happened off the field many years ago. But I think there was kind of an added focus where they wanted to win for the interim coach, Bisaccia. And now I think it's a different story – off that big win, off that one-week bump, they're now favorites, expected to win, expected to cover a number. Plus, this game's in Las Vegas, and we've seen a lot of away fans flood Allegiant Stadium. Yeah. It's going to be no different than the fan from Philadelphia. That's like a perfect uh, destination trip for Eagles fans, especially <laughs> since NFC teams don't play AFC teams very often. So I expect a ton of Philly fans to negate any home field advantage that Las Vegas has. I don't. I think at three and a half, this would have been a very, very strong bet. I'll still give it out because I want a best bet this week, and it's the bet I'll have the most money on. Eagles plus three at Vegas definitely have a chance to win this ball game. And sticking with that NFC East theme, I will make a case for the Washington Football Team and the New York Giants. Washington 
we were talking about how the Packers were in a sandwich game off the Bears win, and then they played Thursday night against the Cardinals. The line was nine and a half at a time. Right after we like stopped recording on Wednesday, I checked, and it moved down to seven and a half or eight in some spots. So I feel like this is one of those games the Packers just do enough to win, get out of the game healthy, just kind of like Michigan and I mentioned in the college football section. And that they have, knowing that they have that long trip on a short week against the Cardinals, the undefeated Cardinals, I think the Packers kind of, it's a flat spot for them. Let's just say that. And Washington has enough good offensive pieces where if they are down late, they could cover the spread against a Packers defense that maybe is playing a little bit better after really struggling early in the season, but they do are missing some key pieces on that unit. And then with the Giants, I know this line's moved a little bit. If it gets back to Giants plus three, kind of like them, I just don't think the Panthers should be this big of an away favorite against really any team other than some of the real bottom teams when Sam Darnold is a quarterback. I know the Giants injury report isn't very positive. And just another teaser, this game will be involved in the brunch time winner. So I'll give an explanation of why I like uh, one of the totals, uh, derivative totals, and even the full game total uh, at the end of the show. I like it. And speaking of teasers, my one NFL play this weekend, Nate, is a teaser. And I'm teasing the Eagles, which you just even said you think they could even win this game. But I'm going to tease them six points to plus eight and a half. And the Ravens down six points to minus one. So Ravens minus one, Eagles plus eight and a half. Um, those are that's my teaser, six point teaser. Those have been doing well when you get them at those key numbers. I think the Ravens should win. Um, and, I, and I don't think the Eagles lose by more than a touchdown at this point um, against the Raiders. So Ravens minus one, Eagles plus eight and a half is my six-point teaser for this weekend. And I'll just bring up a few other sides where if they get to that point, I'll bet them. If the Ravens get to minus six, that's a buy spot for me. It's actually six and a half – six now, so I guess the Ravens will be a bet. Maybe even that gets down to five and a half. I might wait and see on that. If the Dolphins get to plus three at home against the Falcons, that's definitely going to be a bet for me. If not, I will be happily be teasing the Dolphins with the Ravens and the Patriots. And then the Buccaneers, I'll lay it minus 12, minus 12 and a half against wow. the Bears. Just don't really think this Bears offense is going to be able to score enough. And um, I'm unless they change their mind with how they use Justin Fields and make it super aggressive and, have him use his legs. I, I, I think the Bears are going to be in for a long late afternoon down in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about Matt Nagy making adjustments. So I think the, the good bet is against him being able to do that. Um, all right. Let's true. Uh, let's do attractive underdog. Let's see what underdogs are attractive this week. And one of them, Nate, was in our talk it out segment in Maryland. Um, so let, I, I just want to talk about that Maryland game first because they have moved now to plus four. On Wednesday, they were plus five, and that was a spot that I really liked. It Plus four is still pretty good um, on the road against Minnesota. I, I just I, I think this is a great fade Minnesota spot. They played really well last week, um, but they're just a team that struggles to score points sometimes, um, and they've been very up and down scoring points. So in a situation like this where they had a pretty good offensive showing last week, I'm going to fade them and probably ride with Minnesota as the underdog on the road with plus four. Hopefully it gets back up to plus four and a half, plus five, but I still like it at plus four. Yeah, I like Maryland too. Maryland's coming off a bye, so like that a lot. Maryland also has some skewed statistics this season. Uh, they were in that turnover fest against Iowa three weeks ago. 
They're, they played a very red hot coming in form Ohio State team and got blown out. So those were just two tough games for a Maryland team really stepping up in class. Minnesota isn't at that level. Now Maryland's an underdog. You mentioned that they played well last week, but a closer look at the box score shows that they got pretty fortunate Minnesota did against Nebraska. Also got fortunate to beat Purdue if you kind of dig deeper into the box score. And yeah. I just can't forget that last time Minnesota was a home favorite, they lost to Bowling Green on the field as a 30-point <laughs> underdog. Yeah. Minnesota maybe better when they're the, the hunter and not the hunted, like Maryland here. I think plus four is fine. There's... There's a very slim like chance that the game lands five, and if it does oh well over a long period of time, it's very unlikely to happen. So I think plus four or better. Like Maryland, going to bet them on the money line. And the other parts of my money line underdog parlay I mentioned, others in Maryland, going to the ACC. And you know how I like ACC underdogs, because I think when there's a lot of these mid-tier ACC teams, the margin yeah. between them are slim. We're going to start off, I'll start with the 3 o'clock game, or 3 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Eastern, Boston College on the money line. They're plus six. Like them against Louisville, just not a big believer in Louisville. And then a game that probably should be in the college football betting section, because I did bet, I bet Georgia Tech at plus seven, but wanted to make it an emphasis to have them in attractive underdogs, because I like them on the money line at two to one, wrote that in the column on watchstadium.com. Uh, Georgia Tech... They're coming off a bye. They've had some impressive results in ACC play. They took Clemson down the wire. They absolutely boat raced North Carolina um, at the end of September. And then with uh, Virginia, just not too impressed with them, and especially getting so many points or giving so many points, pardon me, but they had two close wins against Miami and Louisville. Miami missed a 33-yard field goal at the buzzer, and Virginia won. And then the next week, Virginia's down 30-13 to to Louisville, and they come back and win. So I think Virginia's kind of fortunate. Georgia Tech off the bye, like Georgia Tech on the money line. So that three-teamer is Maryland, Boston College, Georgia Tech, and it pays about 20 to 1 or better. So that is the bet I like. Uh, obviously not the most, but to kind of get through this dull college football Saturday, it's definitely something <laughs> I'll be uh, on. And if you want to follow and make your Saturday more interesting, I uh, I endorse this play. I like it. Little little underdog parlay to get everyone excited. Brunch time winner, NFL. First half under Nate. What is the brunch time winner for this week? Yep, talked about this game in the size and teased it. Panthers, or teased it as in I kind of said, like, this. we're going to talk about this game, not literally a teaser. But uh, Panthers, Giants, under uh, 21 and a half or 21 for the first half. We're expanding brunch time winner to first half. I, there's just too much of a margin for error in the first quarter. With If there's, like, a sure. turnover, it really kills the bet. So I like having that extra 15 minutes. It's a little bit later, but you should still be having brunch, especially if you're on the West Coast. Uh, you might you just be starting your brunch. So Panthers, Could be Giants. a breakfast winner. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess we could have done that the last two weeks with the London games, but nothing stuck out. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Panthers, Giants, first half under 21 or 21 and a half. Um, many reasons I like this. A lot of offensive issues for both teams. The Giants having a lot of injuries and also Carolina, uh with Sam Darnold struggling, and, and they said this week that they want to go back to running the ball. So I think there's going to be a lot of running early in this game. 
especially with the Giants' offensive injuries and, and the Panthers saying, literally saying that they are going to run the ball. So the Giants now know how, how to defend the Panthers early on. I also like that both teams went over the total last week, even though there was a lot of craziness. The Panthers with and Vikings went over because of a lot of turnovers and a blocked punt that led to a touchdown and just some it was a wild game that the under not the right side but it, it could have definitely been an under game and then the Giants getting blown out by the Rams and going over the total because Joe Judge still had Daniel Jones in even though seven days before was wobbling around because of a concussion so I think that the the Giants they scored late to go over the total I think we go back to the under here. I know the full game under has been bet down from like 44 to 42 and a half, and then it ticked back to 43. So just going to go first half and not worry about any potential crazy end game situation. Yeah, I like it. I think that's a really good brunch time winner spot. Um, if you're going to pick two teams, pick the teams of the offenses you just don't trust at all. I like it. Um, let me do two NBA picks. These aren't best bets for the NBA, Nate, um, but I just wanted to give two picks for the NBA uh, for tonight. First one is Jazz minus six as they go on the road to play the Sacramento Kings. The Kings beat the Portland Trailblazers on Wednesday in their opener. Uh, they beat them only by three. They were ahead by like 15 at one point. But this is a game they won because basically Dame Lillard went 0 for 9 from three, which you will rarely ever see again. Damian Lillard not making a three-point shot on nine attempts. Um, I think the the Jazz are an incredible team this year, and I think they're looking to have another really good regular season. Uh, they beat they won on uh, Wednesday by 21 points, so I think the Jazz minus six is a, is is a little bit too low of a line. I think it should be seven and a half, eight maybe against Sacramento. Um, also, the other thing on on Wednesday because the Jazz blew out their game, their starters none of them played more than 29 minutes, so they're still a pretty rested team even from Wednesday. Um, De'Aaron Fox played like. 36 minutes on Wednesday uh, comparatively. So I really like the Jazz in this spot on the road, minus six. And the other team I like, Oklahoma City, plus three against the Houston Rockets. And, Nate, the Houston Rockets are just awful. They are a terrible team. They're young. They're inexperienced. They don't have a ton of talent. So I don't know why they're a favorite in any game. And I understand Oklahoma City is also young and inexperienced. (laughs) But they have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They have a little bit of a better team who's played together at least for a longer time than the Houston Rockets. Um, So this is going to be a sloppy game. A lot of mistakes are going to be made. But I think Oklahoma City can even win this game. But I'll take them at plus three against the Houston Rockets on the road. I am all in on the fade the Rockets movement. They're just going to get blown out constantly at the start of the season. Um, so I, I think OKC is in a good spot as an underdog here. So Jazz minus six, OKC plus three um, are the moves that I'm going to make for the NBA tonight. And if that's all we got, I think that's it for the show today. Yeah, I was thinking of commenting about the NBA, but I, sure. I don't know enough, so I, I we can <laughs> we can pass. I'll just say I'll just say if Oklahoma City and Houston were playing in March, it'd be an entertaining game to see who's trying to tank more. Yes, I think both these teams have, in, in terms of season win totals, we're in the bottom four in the NBA. These were definitely the bottom two West teams. Uh, so I guess it's good they're playing early in the year because there might be some motivation to try to win because these teams will not win a lot of games. Yep, I 100% agree. It's it's going to be a sloppy game, and I understand if no one wants to put their hard-earned money on an Oklahoma City team that is not good against the worst yeah. Houston Rockets team, but I, I think it's a good spot to take an underdog in a game where they probably should be favorites. Um, but that'll do it for us today. 
Uh, we, we will be back on Monday. You can find our best bets video on Twitter at Stadium Bets after this episode comes out, where you can see all of the best bets for the weekend, and we will keep track again. Um, we're still positive. I think we're still hitting at a 55% rate. Uh, had a bad couple weeks, but, Nate, we're getting back on. We're getting back on the track. I think the winning streak's coming. Yeah, we'll definitely take a patient approach, especially on a week when there's not as much opportunity, but there's going to be plenty more to come as the calendar switches to November and then December, and before you know it, the playoffs and bowl games. Yeah, we're ready. So good luck to everyone. Good luck tonight. Good luck this weekend. And we'll be back here on Monday. 